the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You have to be pretty open-minded in this day and age. Uh, Some things have changed, right? I'm not really a big fan of influencers. If my kids were to say to me, hey, dad, I want to be an influencer. I'm like, okay, you need to practice. Are you going to have a shtick? Are you going to be funny? Are you going to be smart? Are you going to be clever? Are you going to be ironic? Are you going to make a fool of yourself? You want this to be your reputation going forward. I've got a family member, my wife's sister's stepdaughter is an influencer. She's a big gal. She's six foot five. And I'm not going to say chunky. But she's not Victoria's Secret, and she's not fat. She's probably a real woman. And she's got a degree from Berkeley. And this has been a year of COVID, and we're all getting ready to get together for Thanksgiving again. And I've got a history of getting into bad tussles with family members. I I just – holidays and me don't mix because I don't mind being honest and going, hey, what are you – how are you doing? And for instance, this brother-in-law hasn't had a job in eight years. And I've had a crazy amount of success in 20 plus years. And he's a stay-at-home father. No, he's not a father. Both of his kids are out of the house. He's a stay-at-home unemployed dude. But his daughter, not a biological relative of mine, but a step-niece, um, basically models. So I don't get it. So I'll have a lot of questions like, how much is she making? What's she going to do when she's 35? She's got a degree from Berkeley, which is kind of sketchy because she did it the way most people, not most people do it, but, uh, my first wife went to community college for two years when she was 25. And then when she was 27, she transferred into Berkeley. And in two years, she got a degree from Berkeley. Good for her, right? Um, What's interesting to note about it was Berkeley said the reason you're getting in it is because you're one sixteenth American Indian. But I'm totally digressing now. (laughs) So one thing I don't understand are influencers. Like, what's your plan for 10 years from now? Are you going to do cold turkey if, if the market shifts? Because I, I don't expect influencers to last forever, but I think I'm wrong. It's the new way of hawking product. And if you're Coca-Cola, to get someone drinking a Coca-Cola, watching a football game, and talking about how refreshing the Coca-Cola is while he's watching a football game, like Eli Manning and uh, Peyton Manning, it's going to sell a lot of Coca-Cola. It's dumb, but it's going to sell a lot of Coca-Cola. Yesterday, a guy named Austin Lee, he's known as China's king of lipstick. Now, first and foremost, I don't know who Austin Lee is. 
And I didn't know there was a king of lipstick, but the dude wears lipstick. And he sold $1.6 billion of goods during a 12-hour, 26-minute live stream. Okay, there's a lot to digest there. The dude went on YouTube. No, not YouTube. Let's correct that already. He went on what's called Taobao Live, which is the YouTube of China. It was part of a promotion for Alibaba's upcoming Singles Day, the largest shopping event in the world. He sold $1.6 billion of goods. I think there's a pretty good chance I've lost control of understanding what the heck is going on in that world. Now, in a world that I know very well, let's talk about Netflix. Scott Galloway recently interviewed Ari Emanuel. And it was a really interesting interview. Ari Emanuel is an agent who really figured out Hollywood and has come up with a, a kind of an algorithm approach. He doesn't want to be your agent just for a movie. He doesn't want to be Mark Wahlberg's agent for a movie. He wants to help Mark Wahlberg sell hamburgers, movies, T-shirts, commercials in foreign markets. He is opened up an agency that basically understands influencers are movie stars. Movie stars are influencers. And they can sell a heck of a lot more product if they work together. So you get someone like Idris Elba who wants to be in advertising. He'll help him do it. He's figured out that celebrities have more cachet than just the movies they're in. So this was an interesting interview because Scott Galloway went into Netflix. And Ari Emanuel is an agent for media, and Netflix is into media, right? <clears throat> Netflix is spending $17 billion a year to validate the thesis that the total addressable market and content is infinite. We didn't used to think that way. What Netflix is doing is humiliating, humiliating to Disney and Marvel superheroes. Netflix started something that went global, global, local. Five to ten years ago, they opened up studios in Spain. You know why? Because Spain isn't in the United States. Do you know why Spain isn't in the United States? Because their labor laws are different. They want work there. They don't make it difficult. There's not a lot of unions. The cost to produce a TV show there is nothing compared to what it is in California. And in the United States, what we've done in California, uh, LA is not stupid. Hollywood's not stupid. They go, well, maybe we'll shoot in Vancouver, Canada. They'll give us tax breaks, but we'll use the same overpriced actors. <clears throat> Netflix figured it out. They, they figured out the word local. Squid Game was source written and produced in South Korea. Within 10 days of its release, it was the number one show on Netflix in 90 countries. Stop and think about that for a second. It's a TV show about kids' games that are kind of Quentin Tarantino. It's the fastest growing audience of any Netflix original ever. It's registered a 981% engagement increase in the first week. On TikTok, hashtag Squid Game has been viewed by more than 22.8 billion views. The jump in South Korean internet traffic was so great that the internet service provider, SK Broadband, is suing Netflix to pay for the costs it incurred to deliver the mega hit. 
it happened very intentionally. Netflix is the king of media right now. It's not Disney. Disney's not bad. But Netflix figured out global. When Netflix landed on foreign shores in 2011, it launched its service in 43 Latin American and Caribbean countries. It's available now in every country except for China, North Korea, and Syria. Four years ago, co-CEO Reed Hastings estimated Netflix could achieve 75 to 80% international user base. Currently, its non-US streamers uh, make up 65% of its users and generate 56% of its total revenue. In the last month, they've raised prices globally because their distribution's global. That all kind of makes sense. Expanding distribution globally is nothing new. Hollywood's been trying to do it for generations with special effects, guys in capes. Netflix innovation was committing to local comment content, content sourced and distributed locally within a global scale. It's genius. I'm not saying you have to own Netflix. I'm telling you that I would always look at it on any dip of 5, 10, 15, 20%. Because they cracked the code on Glocal. Netflix spent over a billion dollars on Korean content alone. This year, the company has either built or announced plans to build two production facilities in South Korea, Canada, Italy, Italy, Colombia, Turkey, and Sweden. If you had asked me three years ago, would my favorite two TV shows, I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I was a big Game of Thrones fan. I used to sit down on Sunday nights and tell my wife, don't talk to me. I'm watching a horrible TV show where this guy's daughter, he's going to have to kill her. And I'm like, it's dark. But let me say it again. Netflix is opening up production facilities in South Korea, Canada, Italy, Colombia, Turkey, Sweden. A couple years ago, I was big into, uh, and even if you look at like an Ozark, like it's a poor man's Breaking Bad, but it's really expensive to produce. But they they're doing it on the cheap because of where they're doing it, but they're not doing it as cheap as Canada, Italy, Colombia, Turkey, South Korea, Sweden. The obvious benefit is more local content to get Netflix subscribers in local markets because they're saturated in the United States. South Koreans like Spider-Man. They like Star Wars, but they have their own cultural traditions and preferences. Only 10% of Nestle brands are in more than one country. And fewer than 1% are in more than 10. People recognize global scale and they want local products, though. What's interesting, the last 18 months, I've been watched two shows, Squid Game and Money Highest. And I've done a lot of documentaries, which Netflix is doing really well with. HBO Max doesn't have this yet. They're still thinking United States, Peacock, Paramount Plus, Apple TV. They've produced nothing on a global scale. Nothing. Because they're all focusing on English as language. The secret weapons here is boring and it's obvious. Netflix will spend as much on content this year as Apple, Facebook, and Samsung spend on R&D. They're spending as much as Apple's secret weapon is they can dial back research and development. Apple's working on AirPods for health devices. Just take our temperature to work with the, the wristwatch, which works with getting our heartbeat. Apple's R&D budget will cripple any competition. Netflix budget will cripple any competition. It's pretty interesting. We'll talk more Netflix in the f- near future. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 
Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. So I want to keep talking about Netflix because it's my microphone today, right? Let's pick up where I dropped off last segment. Netflix brands are global. Netflix spends a ton of money on content. And up until now, we, the world has never really clicked with it and understood it. Going back and to say that they have the number one TV show in 90 countries, that has to blow every TV executive's mind from C, uh, NBC, CBS, Fox, every executive. The only thing that we have close to it would be CNN as well as ESPN. For the fact that I watched a show written and spoken in Spanish, it blows my mind that I enjoyed it. The fact that I watched something from South Korea, which my interest in the past has been Gangnam Style, a one-song wonder. And... You know, a movie or two here or there. Parasite was amazing. But the number of languages supported by Hulu is two. Spanish and English. Number of languages supported by HBO Max, four. Number of languages supported by Disney, 16. Number of languages supported by Netflix is 37. Squid Game was built in South Korea. Bridgerton was built in the United States. Money Heist was built in Spain. The previous prestige television king has lost its crown, HBO Max, or HBO. Let's not even say HBO Max at this point in time. When we were growing up, we saw The Sopranos like, that's good TV. It's not TV, it's HBO. And then we watched Sex in the City, which was kind of naughty, kind of not. Women with expensive shoes. Then they'd come up with another hit and another hit. They got Westworld. They got Game of Thrones. I can't even keep up with it all. Zendaya's got a show on HBO that's considered fantastic. I don't know if I want to see Dune. Just throwing that out there for you. I look at Netflix as it's in late puberty. It's not even a grown adult yet. Streaming really started in my mind with, and this is going to blow your mind that I say this, broadcast.com. I know you're saying, okay, give me a little bit more on that. Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. He went to, he, he took a weird route in life. He started his in high school he basically dropped out because there wasn't a business class. So he went to a community college to do business classes. He was born and raised in Pittsburgh, one of the toughest meanest blue collar cities in the world. His father was an upholstery guy. Upholstery? You're like like couches now like cars. 
So he reupholster cars, and he told his son, if you want something, you have to go out and get it. So his son eventually drops out of high school, goes to a community college, then transfers to Indiana University because they would take non-high school graduates. <clears throat> and he really got into Indiana basketball, moves to Dallas, Texas, starts a coding company, a software company that he eventually sells after pulling in over $30 million in revenue. Not too bad for basically a high school dropout. But he was addicted to Indiana University basketball. So what he would do is he would call his friends and say, hey, can you put the radio on? I want to listen to it. Put the radio on and put it right next to the phone. And his friend said, that's, that's, you know how to local, you know how to network local computers. You know how to go into an office and get them all working together. So he comes up with what's called broadcast.com. And broadcast.com, in my opinion, was the first internet radio show station that had a business model. He eventually sells it to Yahoo and then he, then he collars it thinking they overpaid by a couple billion dollars. So he sold it for a couple billion dollars. He made a couple billion dollars on the way down as Yahoo Falls. I think he's a genius. You may like him, you may not like him. I totally get it. For those of you who like Donald Trump, I say you're amateurs. If you want to follow a billionaire, it's Mark Cuban. He's more eloquent. He didn't cheat to get there. He's got strategies that can apply to your life. He speaks in memes, so it's really easy to understand where he's going. <clears throat> I'm not going to vote for him. <laughs> I'm not anything. I'm not that guy, but I'm going to listen to him. Netflix has taken streaming to another level where I think, in my opinion, and you can prove me wrong if you want to, I think he cracked the code by putting radio stations on the Internet. When I started my company 25 years ago, there was a period of time where I was working basically 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. And at night, I'd listen to hockey games in Ottawa. Ottawa Senators just come into the NHL. And it just killed time. I was listening to hip-hop albums where I'm not a hip-hop guy, but it just helped pass the time. So I kind of get it. Netflix is ascending, and they're killing HBO. If you look at the Emmy Awards, they're killing them. AT&T should have never bought HBO. AT&T is in a bind now because they don't know how to distribute like Netflix does. And it costs money to make content. And AT&T is all about dividends for their shareholders. It's a bit of a problem. Disney has the most impressive launch in over-the-top content. It's staggering potentials unrecognized, in my opinion, because they don't support the number of languages. Now, Disney's got synergies with their parks, their merchandise, the streaming, uh, their movies. Netflix is starting to build that. You'll see. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. If you look at the amount of content Disney Plus launched with versus the amount of content Netflix launched with, it's staggeringly different. Roku is kind of an interesting player in all this because they've just started vertically integrating content. I think Comcast buys Roku. But that's a side conversation for another another conversation in the future. You can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter, Roblox Show, YouTube, Roblox Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm about to walk into my boss's office and tell him to take this job and shove it. I'm done. I got the best email ever overnight. It starts with Dr. Gary Hamilton. I'm like, 
Cool. Doctor sent me an email. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. He goes, my name is Dr. Gary Hamilton, a United States lawyer. I've previously sent you a message regarding a transaction worth 20 million U.S. dollars left by my late client before his tragic death. I'm contacting you once again after going through your profile. I strongly believe that you'll be in a better position to execute this business transaction with me. If interested, I wish to point you out to you that after the transaction, I want 10% of this money to be donated amongst charity organizations while the remaining 90% will be shared between both of us. So, okay, $2 million is going to go to charity, and then we're going to split $18 million. I can quit my job. The transaction is 100% risk-free. Please respond to me as soon as possible for more detailed information. This isn't from Ethiopia. He's not a prince. This isn't a scam. His email ends with a .us. That's totally appropriate. Oh, no, it's actually not, right? <laughs> Good thing I didn't rush in the office and quit. Oh, scams are a big part of your financial future. I've been scammed without even knowing it. Uh, 12 years ago, I bought a home and got something from the county that said, you know, you still have to register the home with for a title in the county or something like that. And my spouse wrote a check for $75. And I'm like, what did you just do? We we paid for a title search when we bought the home, and she's like, "Well, I, I um um um, I'm like, you got scammed, is what you got." Um, I've got a mountain cabin thing that I escape to on occasion, skiing, summer sports kind of thing, hikes, trees, green. My neighbor up there, she's probably seventy three, seventy. She's in probably sixty eight to seventy, that range. She got a call from Amazon telling her that her account had been hacked and that she needs to go and get like $500 of cards to reactivate the account and to stop things from shipping. So she goes to like the local CVS to buy gift cards. She, she fell for it. Totally fell for it. Now, here's the issue that I'm going to throw up, bring up, throw up, bring down, slap down, whatever. She's a little bit older and I brought that up. My spouse is a little bit younger, and I brought that up. I fear for getting older because I saw what it did to my mom. My mom started watching TV. Um, college friend of mine, I went to her house one day, and she goes, okay, I got to tell you something about my mom before you go in. And she's like, I'm like, why are you dropping this on me now? We're about 10 seconds from going in and meeting mom. She goes, my mom likes to talk to the TV. I'm like, you're kidding. And I go in, and sure enough, she's watching uh, one of the home shopping networks. And maybe someone like uh, Jane Seymour's on trying to pitch some horrible, cheap, god-awful necklace. And the mom starts going, I like that. Jane, I really like that. And Jane's talking to the cameraman, and Jane's saying things like, don't you think this is going to look good on you? It's going to look good on me, Jane. It's going to look good on me. I fear for seniors. So if you have a parent, they get lonely. They get really, really, really lonely when you leave the, the nest. And then when you have kids on your own, it's like a child arrived just the other day. And the cat's in the cradle in the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, dad, I don't know. And it, 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 parents get lonely. 
especially when you do the empty nest, they can get by on their own because they're still pretty functional. But 10, 20 years after you leave, they're desperate for attention. My mom spent the last 15 years of her life without a husband. Last 20 years of her life without a husband. When her whole life had been the husband, he was the social guy. He was the guy who had the friends. He was the guy who moved the family. He was the guy who figured out where we're going to live. She had a couple strokes and she basically stayed in the house because she couldn't drive. That sucks. So my mom got scammed. Here was a scam on my mom. It wasn't home shopping network. It wasn't anything like that, which is an odd phenomenon if you think about it. How did that happen in the United States where we're buying stuff on TV in three easy payments? Um, so my mom got scammed by someone called her. Maybe they were just picking random numbers. Maybe they picked a neighborhood with zip codes and uh, had some older population in it. I don't know. But they, someone calls and is like, Mrs. Black, do you have children? Yes. Mrs. Black, do you love your children? Yes. Mrs. Black, as you're getting older, do you want to leave your children's safety so they can be taken care of after you pass away? Yes. Sold her life insurance policy on herself at age 75. She lived to 85. But it took me and my brother David about four years to figure out what's this hundred dollars coming out of her, her bank account for. You know, sometimes when you look at your bank statements, it's a it's very odd stuff. It'll say like um, New York, New York, and you're like, what's that? What is that? And it turns out to be an insurance company that was deducting one hundred and twenty five dollars a month essentially for life insurance. My sister doesn't need life insurance, and I don't even think it was a real policy. No one knew how to collect it when she died. That's for damn sure. And no one knew the paperwork that she signed or didn't sign. That's for sure. I plead with you. If you have parents who are over 70, talk to them about money. Talk to them about finances. Even if they tell you to piss off. Even if they get really angry at you. Try to help them. Try to remind. Don't don't be a good kid and get them a big phone with big numbers on it so they can dial talk to them about not getting scammed it's sad what happens in america happy show right (laughs) they're easy targets chicago known for their pizza chicago known for their steaks Chicago, the number one city in America is for being the most rat-infested city in the country for the seventh year in a row. They are number one. Number one. Rats. New York City would have won, but the rats allegedly ate the guy who counts the rats there. No. We still have rats. The reason I bring this up is society changes, but it doesn't change that much. They're filthy, filthy animals. The S&P 500 hit a record close on the back of another strong earnings day. Not sure about President Trump's investment in a SPAC social media. That's got a weird thing. In six months of its higher, there's a big payout for everyone involved. But in six months of its lower, it, it won't have that payout. I don't play those games. I like earnings. I like revenue. I like product. 
be very careful following SPACs. They're underperforming massively in aftermarket performance. They're not the quality of IPOs, in my opinion, generally speaking. So Biden's spending plan has been cut from $3.5 trillion to $2 trillion. Where is it going to be next week? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. WeWork finally went public. Do you remember what WeWork is like the poster child of a lot of bad investment ideas where we kind of overfollowed and tried to find the next great thing, the next great thing, the next great thing? What a long and strange trip it was for WeWork. They had a CEO that was kind of a wackadoodle, for lack of a better phrase. Adam Newman, he would not wear uh, shoes in New York City, no shoes, no socks. He wanted to earth with the world. I'm not a big earthing kind of guy. The WeWork co-founder and former CEO, whose marketing savvy was matched only by his proclivity for hosting ragers, resigned in disgrace in 2019. Financial documents showed that he had sketchy corporate governance. He became a billionaire for doing nothing. Well, not for doing nothing. For scamming a lot of people and thinking WeWork was going to be all that in a bucket of chicken. So real estate's really expensive in California. and Office real estate's even more expensive. I have a deal with my television company that I work with, Cron. You give me an office and I'll give you financial content. And I'm like, that's fair. They have the extra office space because they've been downsizing. And, but what's funny is now I've been working for them for two years without going to the office. I need to rethink that one. We work was a play on entrepreneurship. And young people starting companies and not having a lot of money when you start a company it puts you in an office space in a big city with other people who were in the same exact situation. You shared a printer. You shared a secretary. You shared a kitchenette. Now, what was interesting about WeWork is they didn't own the properties. They leased them, and then they subleased them. So the business model was kind of a, a middleman. It shouldn't have been worth billions of dollars in any way, shape, or form ever. Well, the company went public yesterday. And Adam Newman, even though he was disgraced and once worth tens of billions of dollars, had a big party in Manhattan to celebrate because even though he resigned, he still has 11% of the shares. I still don't like the business model. As a publicly traded company, I have no interest. I hope you have some discerning taste in your life where you're like, nah, that's not for me. I get NVIDIA with graphic processors. I get it. Until we have virtual reality, we need to make computers uh, synthesize environments into more realistic uh, levels. I get it. I can buy into that kind of crap, but I can't buy into the subleasing of an, a lease. It's not a coincidence right now that the crackdown in the big picture on inflation is becoming a big story. We have spent, spent, spent. We have seen our national debt go higher and higher and higher. And if you ever want to freak out, Google national debt calculator or national debt. You're going to find your way onto a site that shows you how many hundreds and thousands of dollars we're adding every minute. 
and it it'll freak you out watching the numbers roll in real time. I remember being a kid going to Times Square and seeing the national debt clock. And it just kept rolling higher and higher and higher every couple, like not every couple seconds, every second. I was like, that's a lot of money. And it freaked me out as a kid. Now as an adult, I go, well, we're just going to kick you down the road. Will it end badly? It'll end badly when interest rates go higher. When the money you're borrowing is at a higher cost. When it's cheap, that's time to borrow. But the Federal Reserve won't be able to pull this forever. Just throwing that down there for you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Global stocks are rising. Even after Evergrande had a rough day yesterday. They had a last gasp dollar bond interest payment. And Evergrande is kind of a real estate developer in China. And a lot of Chinese real estate's just not performing. A lot of homes sitting unfilled. A lot of office spaces sitting unfilled. <clears throat> the problem with Evergrande is that they're a leveraged company. So they've borrowed money from other companies that they're going to default on. <clears throat> not if, when. So that could play out. Will it be enough to be like a, a, a global moment of Bear Stearns or Lehman Brothers collapsing? China's managing it, but they won't be able to manage it forever. Will it be an event? I don't think it'll be an event. Because the companies that have lent the money have had time now to start figuring out how we're going to position this, how we're going to recover from this. So it won't be a mass knee jerk. Digital world spiked yesterday, 357% after the SPAC agreed to merge with Trump media and technology. Um, I don't know. You need a lot of work before you jump into that puppy up 357%. Federal Reserve is going to ban policymakers from buying individual stocks. It's probably a pretty good idea. The rule change comes on the heels of trading controversy involving two Fed regional presidents. <clears throat> Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. In an earlier segment, I talked about how Bitcoin... And how the platform of non-fungible tokens of owning the digital rights to a book could become very, very powerful, like college textbooks reselling market. There's clearly others, like music. If the killers come out with an album and they sell it to you, you can now resell it, but they get a royalty when you do. Now, that album, you'll only be able to play on your time, which is good, but there's streaming services. That's not the best example. College textbooks is the best example to make the sense of it all. With Bitcoin surging to new all-time highs, the $2.6 trillion crypto industry has become too large to ignore, in my opinion. It's still very early, nascent. There's too many altcoins that function like operating systems, decentralized applications that perform financial services without a middleman, stable coins pegged to fiat currencies, central bank digital currencies could replace national currency, Non-fungible tokens could enable connections between creators and fans. Someone like a Clive Barker, someone who's an iconic artist, could make more money and take away the middleman 
whether it be the movie studio, the book publishing company. Here's the big problem. Regulations and uncertainty around regulations create a lot of near-term risk. The ease of use is a killer app. Lots of people question how easy they'll be to use. Nothing that you can already buy Bitcoin through apps, custodians. But ease of use is where it has to get to for people like me who are on the older side. Crypto-linked stocks, which are exposed to digital assets, either through use of blockchain technology or the addition of Bitcoin onto their balance sheet. It's pretty interesting to look at at this point in time. Companies are going to start listing as a financial guy. And I like financial statements. I love financial statements. I'm going to have to start looking at financial statements that have Bitcoin, that have non-fungible tokens as a value, even though we're saying it could have no value, we're going to have to look at it with value. Um, FedEx is leveraging blockchain technology to create supply chain efficiencies and transparency and join the blockchain and transport alliance to examine the potential industry use cases. They're still trying to figure it out, but they're a play on Bitcoin. JB Hunt, they're leveraging, uh, they're a trucking company. Very important. They're raising prices. Their stock's at an all-time high. Their stock, to me, is like, let's say you think Miss America, Miss USA is the most beautiful woman on the planet. Their stock chart looks like Miss USA to me. It's stunning. It's a trucking company. We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. They're leveraging blockchain to create supply chain efficiencies and transparency. Tesla holds 43,000 Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And they are allowing Bitcoin purchases previously. Other names who have jumped in, JP Morgan, the first global bank to design a network facilitating instantaneous payments using blockchain technology. And they even have their own stupid little JPM coin. Morgan Stanley is a play providing access to Bitcoin funds for its wealth management clients. Signature Bank, this is a small one. Ticker symbol SBNY is emerging as a formidable player for banking digital asset focused institutional clients. Due to Signet, its proprietary blockchain-based real-time platform, Signet, S-I-G-N-E-T, is really, really important because it's it's kind of a contract inside the non-fungible token. I'm going to figure out better ways of explaining this to you, but Archer Daniels Midland, big food company, they're leveraging blockchain to efficiently and accurately process transactions to revolutionize global agricultural trade. I look at some of the companies that are into it. DraftKings, they launched a non-fungible token marketplace in August and has an exclusive deal with Autograph, which is a platform to create unique digital collectibles. I think that's a very interesting stock. And at $45, it looks attractive to me. Procter & Gamble, boring old company, right? They're using blockchain to create supply chain efficiencies and to optimize claims management. Facebook's in the game. Twitter's in the game. Hewlett-Packard, IBM, Disney, they're launching collectibles with non-fungible tokens. Disney's got a deep library of intellectual property that's very attractive to NFTs. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. 
robblackshow.com. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.